Hi everyone, it's Kim. In this episode, we'll be talking about sexual assault, so please take care and put yourself first, even if that means not listening to this episode. If you need help, you can call the National Sexual Abuse Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. They're available 24 hours a day. And now, the show. Well, Kim, uh, we are in April. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do because you know a lot. But spring yeah. is finally almost here in Michigan. I'm telling you what, like you said, it's not at all serious, right? Like I'm not serious yet. I realize I live in Michigan, fully aware that the seasons happen. And I love the seasons. I also really am tired of this winter <laughs> hanging on. Oh, my gosh. That's what I hear everybody. Every single person that lives in, in seasons is like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. We our entire ecosystem here in California is about to just fall into the ocean because we have no water here. But I'm sorry that the snow that gives you life is hanging around a little too long. It's April. It's about to be fire season. The entire state's about to be on fire. But tell me more about how you guys are a little chilly. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I definitely like there's a lot going on in the world. April is also on a serious note, uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. I volunteer with an organization called Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. And this is a month that we have a push for awareness to make sure that our services are known, to make sure that we're talking about things like sexual assault and domestic abuse, of course, but it's specifically for Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And what that really means, what are some definitions? It's not just, and, and so rarely is it some stranger jumped out of a bush and, and raped somebody. Like that's not, I hate to even call it normal assault it like that just sounds normal assault it happens though oh my gosh common common assault but also it happens yeah Yeah. and when you brought this topic up my first thought was oh good because um otherwise i never would have known about sexual assault now that is flippant and it is important to have these conversations and it's important to have a month where you know um people that perhaps are not as aware that this occurs as such high rates um can can be reminded of that but i can tell you um as a non-man like as a woman (laughs) i'm i don't need a month i have um Mm -hmm. the ability to walk outside Mm -hmm. and just be aware Mm -hmm. that the world does not value anybody with a uterus I mean, when I brought it up, you know, it was this idea, of course, we start, we start planning our seasons months and months in advance, you know, and we looked back in January that, oh, April is sexual assault awareness month, maybe we should do something to acknowledge it, talk about it, what does it look like in America today, all grand plans. So I'm glad yeah. we're talking about it. And yet also, it's like what, what you just said, but do we need a month? Like, we should talk about this all the time. And, and some of us do. Some of yeah. us, I point at you, live this every day of knowing that it's a very real danger. Um, yeah, but I, but I do think, you know, as you just acknowledged, I agree. It is very important to highlight it, to bring it to the attention of those who maybe don't take it so seriously to bring it to the attention. And like, a, you, know, you, you look it up in, in the Google machine and there's like news stories about universities holding events throughout April to highlight it. And that's important when children become adults at the magic age of 18 and now they can just do whatever they want. They go off to university and they have access to complete and total freedom, including substances that reduce inhibitions, which is not a cause of sexual assault, but it certainly adds to a whole lifestyle that can very much, you know, whether you call it just plain assault or date rape or whatever. We don't call it date rape. That's not a phrase that gets used in you. I mean, people use it, but that's not, that's not what it is. That romanticizes it. It's rape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
doesn't matter wh- but, what was happening prior to. Amen. So yeah, all these terms, you know, like, yeah, we, that needs to be talked about. And I think, so let's, uh, let's have a discussion. When we were talking about this now, we, we try to have fun, bring humor to situations. This is not one of those this feels subjects, like, like the one. Oh, you can, okay. yeah. Right. Right. This feel like you, like it's not right. And, and, and just recently upon this recording, um, a comedian who I don't need to name because I don't want to give him any press won an award <laughs> for best I comedy cannot. album. When just a couple of years ago, we were like, okay, we're done with this, his behavior, his choices, his everything we're done. And now here he's winning awards. And like, so this mm-hmm. is like, this is not funny. I do remember when I was young hearing, I think it was George Carlin and George Carlin, satirical, brilliant mind, a comedian, but also a, one of those people who shines a light on our society with this comedy talked about the fact that rape is not funny. And he was, and he said something to the effect of, no, it can be think about Corky pig raping a football or something like that. And I was like, still not funny though. Like that, because that's because a football is not a human. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any way no. to make jokes about it. Like, no. Yeah. Okay. I can make jokes about a lot of things. I just want to, let's just clear up the fact that like, this isn't a funny topic. Um, this nothing about it is funny. You can't make jokes about it. Like, and I would be curious about the mind that's like, I know what topic I'm going to try and break and make funny. Right. Rape. No. Is there a space for the satire of making fun of our systems, though, like rape culture, this culture that of misogyny and patriarchy? And we should be making fun of patriarchy all the time. It's stupid. What did it get us? Look at us. Why? Why? (laughs) Congratulations, men. (laughs) You did it. Not all. No. To say it. Can I I start that? Here's something. Can I start? Here's something that I saw on on TikTok. It was an interesting way to look at it. So it was a guy saying, talking about the idea that women say, or men say, not all men. And he talked about, listen, you like your guns. Yes. What are you trained to do when you see a gun? To immediately look at that gun and say, all guns are loaded. Doesn't matter what, if you're looking at a gun, you have to have it in your head. All guns are loaded because many guns are loaded and you want to be safe. So safe handling, all guns are loaded. And in this video, he said, that is how women almost have to look at men. Because no, not all men, not all guns are loaded. Not all men are attackers. However, when you don't know, you have to be safe. You have to, you know, keep yourself safe. Now, it shouldn't, the onus should not be on me. It should be on men to not be attackers. Um, that would be a, a wild idea. Seems simple enough. But that, that idea of like, not all men, sure, but enough men. Mm-hmm that you go into it <laughs> with, okay, well, prove me wrong. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, and so there's a lot here that we're going to talk about. I feel like uh, one thing I want to recognize is that we are talking a lot right now in heteronormative society. Yes. Yeah. We are talking about typically, I guess, right at this point, because of who we are, cisgender, there are many experiences of assault, yes. and there are many different definitions that all define the same thing as power and control. And it is of a sexual nature and it is damaging. So like, that's true. There's also things like coercive sex versus physical 
rape. Like there's all things that we can talk about for sure. Um, but in what we're talking about here, I think of my little, my small perspective as a cisgender male, heterosexual, and what society taught me. And while I'm not all men, I'm not an attacker, was my behavior ever even mildly coercive? That's not okay. I want to be able to recognize that in myself and say, oh, this is what we should be recognizing and not playing this game of patriarchal conquest, right? And so that's where mm -hmm. I think my mind starts to go anyway, is that I think about putting this lens on myself. And, and I can tell you that I never drugged someone to have sex with them. I never, like, like none of that, right? I don't, I've, I've never raped someone. So I know not all men, but I also know that society has taught me over the course of my entire life, the sex is a conquest for me to take and for her to give. That alone sets up this dynamic of power and potential coerciveness. Holy shit, have I ever done that? Like that's where this month teaches me that and makes me question those things. And I, and I hope question them in a healthy way where I'm not like, yeah, anyway, we just need to be able to talk about it and acknowledge that as, as a society. Yeah. Yeah. And tear that down. That's not okay. When you said that many colleges are doing things this month to talk about this, first of all, where are the high schools? They should be doing it as well. But then my other thought is like, okay, university. Okay, Duke, congratulations. What are you doing the rest of the year? What is your disciplinary action that you take um, against any student? that is accused of this. What are you, are you kicking kids out of school for this? Uh, any of that when it's an entire lacrosse team, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Just having a month. It's, it's like any of these, um, months where we, you know, either acknowledge or celebrate or learn or whatever it is, black history month, indigenous people's month, sexual assault awareness month, whatever thing we're looking at, it can't be just a month long thing and we're done. Yeah, we need to have systems in place that take care of these things that end, you know, all this and and the stigma of being a survivor of assault. I cannot imagine what it's like to have to not only live through an assault or harassment of some kind and then have to then go up against the person yeah, or the system and live through it again and again and again. And like the the, the proof and the oh, man. Yeah. I recently watched, um, I'm, I'm going back and watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine from the beginning all the way through. And I think it was in, it was in one of their episodes where this subject came up of a investment bro assaulted a woman and she, she this is where it does get funny. She broke his penis and it like, Oh yeah, yeah. I know this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's... So, so like there, there are ways to make it funny. Sure. You know what makes that funny is you're um, giving the power. Where are you yeah. placing the power of the joke? Where are you placing the power of the storyline? In that storyline, while he as the attacker inherently has that power, the joke lies in her having the power over breaking, like, you know, breaking his penis or any type of thing like that. That That is where the joke lies. And then the story goes on then to become pretty serious about how the, the officers want her, well, like, like one female officer wants her to press charges. The other one says, no, no, don't do that. And, and she's a woman also, both cisgender women. One woman says press charges. One woman says, no, because it'll ruin her entire life and career. And you can't force someone to press charges. You had, they have to be able to like, and so just this, if a sitcom can do it, why can't we talk about it more in society? Why can't we have these conversations? You said, why, why not high school? My mind immediately goes to, well, Florida just said you can't even say gay in high school. So they can't talk about sex. 
yeah of any kind like and not you, just florida you know. in alabama where they just passed two bills one is anti-gender gender affirming care health care for minors and the other is a don't say gay bill they passed them they're two separate bills they passed them at the same time um for their gender affirming care it's anybody under the age of 19 19 not 18 and also separately in that state the age of consent is 16 so well if that isn't rape culture i don't know what is there's the definition yeah. right there like you i i can take a bride you mm-hmm. know in the biblical sense so to speak at 16 but mm-hmm. i can't be who i am authentically until i'm 19 when i'm far past puberty yeah okay we would love it if you would not be yourself in front of us right yeah Yeah. that's a serious Mm -hmm. comment and also as a joke i would love it if you would not be yourself in front of me it's like (laughs) listen i am who i am what's up because not all no wait wait hold on but i i just like that that's the kind of stuff so then if we're talking if if the age of consent is 16 then you know these conversations have to happen in high school also oh yeah the age of consent being 16 is like i don't know that one's very tricky well and and i guess like at 16 you can you can drive there there are rights that you begin to have you pay taxes you like not that you pay taxes you should be able to have sex but but you're making choices you have providence over your own body at that point for the most part like you have your parents rules i'm sure but you begin to have your own providence over your own body under 18 is a minor which means nobody over 18 should be having sex with somebody under 18 like that's our laws and i think that's a, a good law but I think it's also, yeah, it's hard. It's tricky because you have providence over your own body. See, I think these talks, these discussions shouldn't even just necessarily be happening in high school. We should be talking about consent from as soon as a child can begin to comprehend language. I hang out with a five-year-old and um, like, you know, when she was like, give her a bath or whatever, um, I will always like anytime or even just like we're hanging out and I'll go to like uh, give her like a kiss or like a tickle or whatever. And she says, no, I'm like, you got a boss immediately you're in charge that's your you are in charge of your body you are the boss if you don't want somebody to you don't need to like when you're leaving okay go give hugs and kisses around the entire room no if you want to you can if you don't want to you don't have to that should be immediate like we're teaching these kids immediately that you can do what you want as far as that goes and let kids do whatever they want period don't be in charge of kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was a parenting episode now. Fantastic. Yeah. From a non Yeah, I mean, I think. I ah, let them do what they want. <laughs> but I think it's it's important to have that 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 conversation from early on, and 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 look, every every home can. I mean, every home has their own rights. I'm not trying to go into somebody's closed doors and tell them how to parent. No doubt about it. That's because you're not a state executive. But I do think it's important to have these conversations with your families and not make shame out of it. Like it, it, it's a little awkward. It can be a little embarrassing, but don't make it that way. Just say to them, look, these are your parts. Know your parts. If someone touches you in that way, it's not okay. If you don't want to be hugged, you don't have to be hugged. If somebody like all these conversations should happen. Worst case scenario, your child is assaulted and you go to court and they say, well, he touched my coin purse. Well, what's that mean? We don't know what that means. You have to be able to say what the anatomically correct pieces of the puzzle are because you hear, you hear those horror stories of, well, he, you know, whatever it is, or, or she did whatever. And if it's not like a, if it's not anatomically correct language, a lawyer can often pick it apart and then, and then it goes away. And that makes it even more degrading 
or whatever. So we have to be able to have yeah. these conversations and call them what they are and say that this is not okay. This is not, you know, this, this, especially from, from the Christian side, the purity culture of, you know, save yourself, save yourself, save it, save it, and then give it away. Like, hold on a minute. It, it, all of that is so. Also, are men taught that? It's for lady. The ladies are made of um, ethereal magic. So we cannot be, we must be pure. Yes, you must be pure. I, I do believe that in the Christian culture, and, and look, I identify as Christian for sure and was re- very involved in a church for a long time and, and I'm not anymore. And I have a lot of problems with the American church right now. However, I still have my strong faith and I still believe in a lot of the things that I learned there. I just see Jesus is a whole lot different from me. So many do right now. Anyway, but I, but I do believe that, I mean, boys are also taught to, and again, very hetero cis situation here. Sure, Extremely yeah. hetero yeah. and cis. But boys are taught, you like don't, don't run around with air quotes, loose women, right? So boys are taught that they need to also save themselves from marriage. Yes. But it's in a whole different perspective of what I what I just said, loose women. So they're taught that it's the women's fault if they yeah. stray. They're not taught to save themselves because they're precious. They're like, it, so yeah. And then, and then behind closed doors, they're taught, yeah, dude, score buddy. Right? Like it's this underlying yeah. patriarchal score situation. And it's, it's so fucking broken. I mean, it's set up to be what it is. Like, I know that Yeah, <laughs> it's set, set up to win for people like me. It's a gross system. That is exactly, it is working exactly like people who set up the system want it to be. I just had a conversation this weekend with someone um, who grew up in a very Dutch reformed conservative Christian church and still has his faith. But also we both said the same thing. How do you go look at this story and, and how God created things and all these things and all these things that we're, we're taught from our Bible and our faith texts and come to these conclusions that people are coming to right now. How in the hell? What? Why? When we look at it, we th- see things like love your neighbor as I'm going to love my neighbor. And love doesn't mean oppressing them and keeping them out of society and telling them that they're less than. How do we get to that point? And it's the same thing with the, all of this. You, you know, if I want it. You yeah. want to read it because you want to have the, well, the Bible says I can. So you interpret it the way you want it to interpreted and it leads to things like this where we don't believe survivors you know we we yeah it's a whole son of a bitch kim what are we gonna do to fix this believe women hire women pay women don't talk to women leave us alone i can't compliment you now no you know what no uh if your response is i can't compliment you now then you can't actually compliment me i'm a hugger great i'm not interested in your hug but Great. Congratulations. You've you've decided that um, having you needing to physically touch another human being that's not asking for it is your personality. And you're so that's so a core piece of your personality that you're upset when we tell you that we don't want to be hugged by you. Congratulations. You're you're gross. (laughs) You're gross. It's funny because I, I am a hugger. I'm very affectionate and physical and handshakes and all these, like I am a physical person. I also have recognized that in, in the last decade or so. And if somebody, if I, I ask now, especially COVID era that we're in, I'm going to fist bump or do nothing unless you go in with an open hand. And I'm going to say, Oh, can I shake your hand? Or if I go in for a hug, I'm going to say, is it right to hug you? I'm a hugger. Like I'm going to ask, but I don't just assume I don't ask as I'm doing. It. I've seen that too. Like come, somebody this comes in with a big okay, old hug. Right? Like I'm a hugger. This is okay. No, it's not. Oh, well, that's too bad. Like, no, hold on. But if somebody like I've had people say, no, no, thank you. All right, cool. Awesome. And I, and nothing changes in me. 
great, cool. Yeah. So how's your day going? You know, like, I'm not going to make, try to make you feel bad. Right. I'm going to respect. Mm-hmm. I just, and again, I go back to, it's just being human. Why is that so difficult? Because all people are different people, man. Uh-huh. Some people were raised terribly. I want those people that are huggers that are like, Oh, I'm just, I'm a hugger. Uh, whether you like it or not to learn better. Again, there's no, there's no jokes to be had about us. So I do, I am grateful that we can at least have these conversations knowing where our boundaries are and how we are to be able to poke fun at the, the power. Uh, like you said earlier about the, the Brooklyn nine, nine episode is mm-hmm. taking the power and poking fun at the, and, and, and shining a light satirically, hopefully on the system rather than like, obviously I'm not going to make fun of, yeah. you know, a, a survivor. Yeah. Um, you know, one of, in the last few years here, working with DASIS as I do domestic and sexual abuse services, um, and having the privilege of, of doing the, the, the podcast, helping with that and, and talking to survivors and, and listening, not, I say talking to, but like, I'm talking a lot because it's a podcast. We have to, if I just sat here and did nothing, it'd be weird, but talking with survivors right now, talking about how much you're talking. True. Uh, but listening to survivors, right. And, and hearing their stories and helping to shepherd those stories into the world to help others has taught me so much and opened my eyes to things I didn't even realize. And, and like, I, I knew, I mean, I'm, I have my own survivor story, so I'm not stupid. I know these things, but to actually interact with folks who do this work, who have been survivors, who, who, I mean, who are survivors, who like to just, it's that story. It's stories save lives and to listen to these stories and to not try to justify, well, but what, what, like, you know, I've learned, I've learned so much in this experience. And so I am so grateful for those adasis who have welcomed me and, and allowed me the space. Um, because I mean, jokes aside about not all men, like we talk about adasis that men aren't the problem. Men are part of the solution, but we are not the problem. It is society is what we learn is all these things. And yes, so often cis men are the perpetrators and attackers. But to say, well, men are the problem doesn't cover it for us. That's not what we're saying, but to be able to be part of the solution. So for people to allow me space in is I'm so grateful for. And it's taught me, like I said, it's taught me so much. I think also saying, well, men are the problem is such a um, flippant way to not solve the problem because that says that men are inherently bad inherently attackers even though society has told you that you are you know stronger than women and you have a power over women and you are the deciders of all the things including a sexual experience um even though society has told you all that it's saying well men are the problem is like you know like you were just saying that that makes it so that this is an unsolvable issue and it is a difficult issue but it is, it has to be solvable. We have to find out a way to lower these numbers. We have to find a way to make a safer and more equal and equitable society. And both of those things are the same because, or are connected because it is, while often sex is the end result of of rape, power is the beginning. (laughs) So, you know, when we look and it's all connected, when we look at the way that the society treats, again, this is a super heteronormative conversation, but and also because 
trans women are assaulted at much higher rates. We talked about this in an episode a couple of weeks ago, that the average lifespan of a black trans woman is 33, I believe. I mean, horrific, horrific. Sounds right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, sounds you know, all, all these things. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I said sounds right. I was um, like, hold on, hold on. No, sounds accurate. No, no, no. And terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But all these things are connected, right? The way that we look at women in general in this country, the way that we pay them, the way that we, we respect them, the way that we look at how they are how they are presenting themselves to society and judge judge women on that. All of that stuff adds up to one group feeling as if they have the power over another group because society builds it that way. And I think the other part of that, men aren't the problem. They are part of the solution is another acknowledgement that men have to step up and help be a part of this conversation and help solve it. But we are not the knight in shining armor saviors that can just fix everything. If we're offered a seat at the table, sit down, shut up, listen, and then add to the voices. But like, it's so interesting because I feel like in the last, you know, 10 years or so, I've learned so much about all this conversation, this savior complex that says white men have. And I don't want to be a savior in any conversation. I'm not a voice for the voiceless. All of these folks speaking up have a voice and they've been saying this for a very long time. I can be an amplifier. I can stand shoulder to shoulder with them. I can stand behind them and support them. I can do all these things, but I am not the savior. I am not the voice for the voiceless. I'm just going to help. And sometimes that means not saying anything. We don't need a, we don't need you to have a megaphone. We need you to have ears. Like that. It's hard for me to not say anything, by the way. Uh, we are aware. It's fine. I'm sorry. Did you shush me? <laughs> People, the, the, our four listeners don't come to hear silence. They come to hear our voices, which means ours, which means mine too. Probably not, no. but it's fine. No. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, some of my takeaways from this are like what you just said. I don't need you to have a megaphone. I need you to have ears. Yes. If I can amplify your voice through my through that somehow, yeah. But that's my takeaway is that I need to listen. When it comes yeah. to sexual assault, so often the numbers bear out that it is men who are the attackers because of, I think, maybe I'm dumb, but because of how society has, has built it up for us. Like this is something that we just do. So there is a rape culture. But hang on, I do want to like just... Yes, I agree completely. I, I feel like we're um, about to wrap up this episode and, and not include something. Not important. necessarily. If, we can keep talking. Well, I'm done with it. No, no, no. I'm leaving oh, this okay. conversation anyway. Um, I have plans. Um, it, yes, that we have built. Uh, society has built itself in that men are the attackers, but saying, but saying men are not the problem is like, yes, because we're going to find a solution. However, when a man attacks, someone they are the problem yes that i i feel like i i just want to really double down because you and i believe that but i want to make sure that we're saying that in this episode like yeah man yeah dude there are a lot of like ways that we can fix this and a lot of it or part of that includes bringing men into the conversation to say let's work together and and break down what society has taught you to make you think that you can believe this and um but (laughs) that does not mean that when a 19-year-old 
college student rapes somebody at a party, he should not get any consequences because he has his whole life ahead of him. When what he has done is just forever altered the life of that survivor. Yes. So while yes, we have to get to the bottom of this. Yes, we need to bring men into the conversation. They need to be a part of it. Yes, perhaps the, the idea of men not being the actual problem is dismiss dismisses what they can do to be of service and help. When you are an attacker, you are the problem. Yes. Just to really be clear on that. I know that's something that you and I believe, but I don't want to not have that included in this, this episode. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad you said it. And I think too, as, as the, the cis man in this conversation, I think I want to encourage others who are, if they're listening saying, you know, they, that they want to be a part of it, that they want to help change it. I think a, an important thing is to recognize all of what you just said and frame it. I think this way, I'm gonna see if I can do this justice. If I walk into a situation where I get to, I, I am invited to that table, I get to listen, I get to help. I have to acknowledge that probably a lot of those at the table are also survivors and they've allowed me that space. And it's very generous of them. If I make them uncomfortable in any way, even if it's through no, nothing I've done, they're just uncomfortable because I'm there because their attacker looked like me or anything. Respect that and, and do what you need to. Like, don't push and say, well, but not all men. Well, but I'm not an attacker. Well, but, but like, don't, right? I know that if I go visit our emergency shelter, that I'm walking into an, an emergency shelter where the vast majority of people who are there are women who face some kind of an attacker who looked like, who, who was male. I'm not going to just walk in and feel like I can own the place or whatever. I'm going to walk in with humility. And with a listening ear, and if I'm asked to leave, I'm, or if I'm asked to shut up, I'm I'm gonna, and that's okay, right? Oh, they'll you'll listen to anybody else when they tell you to shut up, but me. Yeah, well, we're family, so it's fine. You don't have providence over our relationship. Not. I chose my words carefully. Family, there. you do. Even in a family. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. But yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's not an easy conversation to have. And there are times when I'm in those conversations and I don't feel entirely comfortable, but it's, it, it, it's okay. Cause I'm pretty friggin' comfortable in the rest of society. I can walk freely and I got no, yeah, problems. you're doing just fine. You're I'm doing, doing just fine. fine. Yep. Speaking of uncomfortable conversations, um, if, um, men, if you are listening to this, some uncomfortable conversations you can have are pushing back against your buddies who make some comments that are not great oh i would oh i'd like to wouldn't you want to be willing to tell your friends come on don't don't talk like that i i can remember back to 2016 2015 whatever the run-up to the presidential election was when the candidate at the time who became our president was caught on tape joking about rape and being proud of it and assault and everything else. And so, so many people wrote it off as just locker room talk. And I was horrified. It's like, that is not locker room talk. That was no, no, no. And then I stopped and thought, and I went, wait a minute. No, that's yeah. That's maybe not to that degree, but that's definitely how I grew up knowing it was okay to talk about objectifying women, 
boy, wouldn't I like to boy, she's easy boy, whatever. And like, Oh shit. Yeah. That's, that's where this, that gets us is to that level. Okay. That's so that's one of the things that opened my slow to open eyes was, Oh yeah, no, that's not okay. All right. I, okay. And what's sad to me, like I'm a, I'm not ashamed, but it, it bothers me that it took me having daughters to really understand what I'm protecting them against in this world mm-hmm. and go, oh, shit. Like, I, f- I feel so dumb at times when I think about that. It, it took my life changing in order for me to even see that. Well, that's dumb. Yeah, I always think it's funny when people are like, as a son with a mother, as a father with daughters. Oh, did you not know that women were humans before you? I'm not right. making funny, but right. like a lot of people, <laughs> no, you know, go ahead. I was appalled to see that. Oh, congratulations on just learning that we're human beings as well. Can I talk about that Access Hollywood tape a little bit more? Because what yeah. we, we all missed something very, very important. Not all of us. A lot of us missed something very, very important and an opportunity for a conversation. First of all, that language on the tape when they're on the bus and it's just the audio maybe yeah that's that is locker room talk that's abhorrent that shouldn't happen then something happens off the bus on video and we all saw it and we were so concerned about the language that we missed what happened off the bus they get off the bus they're greeted by the woman that i i don't remember where they're they were going like general hospital or something like that They're greeted by this woman. She comes out to say hello. Trump goes in for a kiss. She does not want it. Then Billy Bush says, come on. He was just on a bus for a really long time. Give her, let him give you a kiss. And then because there's a camera and because his little buddy's there telling him, telling her, come on, just do it, do it, do it. Then she go, he goes in for another kiss. That was not a kiss that she wanted. That is a version of assault. And we all watched it happen and we were so busy talking about the language, which was awful. So was the video. And we missed an opportunity to say that was assault as well. And people did try and say it, but it, yeah. those voices got muted because other things were talked about more. And I just think that's really important. Billy Bush lost his job as he should have, by the way for that because it it wasn't just the language it's because he literally was egging his buddy on to force a kiss on this woman that didn't want it that's the guy at the bar that pushes the drink with the roofie towards the friend or high fives after the conquest the -hmm. next day when they're talking about it or yeah, that's not yeah, that's not a good yeah. wingman, by the way. That's a bad yeah. wingman. Don't don't be that. And I just want to acknowledge too, again, like going back to this, this is very heteronormative. This this is very hetero focused, very cis focused. What you said earlier about like trans women, um, you know, any anyone from the trans community, anyone from the LGBTQIA plus community at all, what they go through while it is a much smaller portion of our population of our society because they just are smaller numbers typically is still abhorrent they face this and then they face us an utter lack of resources mm-hmm. i don't want i'm not bad mouthing the organization that i work with or anybody around us 
because we do important work and, and we're and we are evolving and we are trying to help. But I also fully recognize that a trans woman coming to an organization like ours may not feel any kind of comfort and support at first because she's been so ostracized and 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 oppressed and 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 anything like we are not necessarily a friendly face. And so they there's an utter lack of resources for this community who is facing assault just like anybody else faces assault. It's not just it's not like gay rape or something, right? I mean, I say that with air quotes and like a smart ass, but I could see that being something where possibly a very conservative organization, a Christian organization that says, yep, we help women and children. But if a trans woman comes and says, I was raped and they say, well, yeah, but I mean, but you can't, right? Because you're in transition or something. Like I could see that being a conversation and that is absolutely unacceptable. If, when it happens, I'll say if, but like when it happens, I've, I don't know yeah. the story personally, but I can tell you, I'm sure it happens. For sure. So, yeah, I mean that, that community with the capital C community needs our support as well. I mean, I care about the conversation, but in this particular case, let's put politics aside. If you believe that they don't deserve certain rights, I'm going to put that aside for now because I do actually care about it. But the fact is they are human beings who deserve this care, who deserve resources, who deserve to be heard because they are survivors and humans and just take fucking care of them as humans. We'll talk about politics another time. We'll talk about trans rights. We'll talk about marriage equality. We'll talk about all that. too. Sure. I don't think that you can separate those two. No, if you if some if you don't believe that somebody deserves to have rights based on. Anything, anything, then you are not going to see that person as a human being. So when they come to a place in need of a service any service, survivor services, medical services, legal services, any of that. When you are starting with, I don't think you deserve rights. Do we believe that that person who doesn't think that this person deserves rights as a human being is going to help them? No. Hard to, hard, hard to not have those conversations together Mm -hmm. because what you just said was, we can have a conversation later about politics and whether or not you believe they deserve rights in the moment though. Let's treat them like human beings. How is, how is not giving somebody their rights, not treating them, mm-hmm. not as a human being, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. just not, you cannot break those. You, these things are so tied together. That's why when people are like, I want to keep the politics out of it. Okay, that's interesting. How? Of any of anything. It's all tied together. Matt, thank you for calling that out cuz you're absolutely right. That is my privilege showing. I can I can separate politics in my head and justify that, but in true human to human interaction, you really can't. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Thanks for pushing back on that. I, I'm always I'm still always learning, you know. I'm always trying to get better at it. Um because yeah, you can't separate it. So Yeah that community deserves all of, all of that, all of their humanness and their authentic selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they have, they have, they have their humanity. They have their heart and their body and their brain. They have the, they have those things. This country decides whether it will be acknowledged. 
I wish I had like a really good wrap up of like, here are five resources to go to. But in, in all honesty, what it comes down to is if you need help, there are national organizations that can get, get the help started. But then there's local. You have to go local, right? You, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're in my area in Southwest Michigan, there's organizations like the YWCA, there's DASIS, and there's others near you, Kim, in, in Southern California. There's, there are resources. There are out centers for the LGBTQ plus community for, for all different kinds of resources. You have to look it up, I guess, is what it comes down to. But there are national organizations, too, for sexual assault and this kind of thing. And I guess we just we need to keep having these conversations. Bring it down to, you know, I mentioned at the top of this episode, colleges are having events. Great. High schools need to also. And, and middle schools need mm-hmm. to talk about it. And oh, by the way, parents, when your kid's three years old and you're taking them into the bathroom, have a discussion about consent. Mm-hmm. Do you want me in there with you or do you want to go in on your own? Do you like whatever? And again, I can't tell people how to parent. It's their thing. But we need to have these conversations from early on. And I think what you said about guns, not, you know, treat every gun like it's loaded. That's how women often see men. That hit, that mm-hmm. hit pretty hard too. And that, that makes sense. And, and, if, and, and I'm if first, sorry like, to the person that said it. I wish I could remember who said it. It was not my, not an original thought, but it's a good thought. Most of your thoughts aren't original. But anyway, I did, I was starting to think, wait, I'm not like a gun. I'm a human. I'm not a, a mach- I'm not a, a piece of like, oh no. Okay. I see where you're going. So I'm glad I Hang on. I'm not all men, it. not all guns. That's what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. When you were like, you start talking about, well, you know, like, like the, the, every gun is loaded mentality makes sense. But then I started thinking, but I'm not a gun. I'm not a, a thing. I am a human with faculties. And, and I thought, wait a minute, hold on, stop think through this and then I, and I shut up and listened, which is rare. I know. I'm so proud of you. It, you actually had a good point. So I'll, I'll give you that one this time. I and it wasn't often. even original thought. So yeah. It makes and sense it came from a good. man. Whoa. I know. Bummer. So there's sexual assault awareness month is in April. Have the conversation all year long. Listen to survivors. Yeah. Respect humans. Love your neighbor. Come on people. Let's do better. Eat your vegetables. Oh, do I have to? Yes. Right. Online, we are My America Pod, whether it's on uh, Instagram where you doing amazing things or Twitter where I suck. I'm also on socials at Dan Moyle. Um, and if you want to send us an email, it's myamericapod at gmail.com. Kim, what is your uh, social handle? Well, Dan, as I've always been, I am at, if you're listening to this on the day this episode came out, there are 208 days between now and the midterm elections, 208 days if you're listening to this after the episode came out that's fine we can all do whatever we want we have time we have um agency over our calendars that's fine i don't uh, i listen to it on the day it comes out but whatever uh that means there's less time less time between now and making sure that your voter registration is updated making sure that you know where your polling place is uh, all that kind of stuff less time there's less time and and that's the way that time goes dot com 208 days um, or at Kim Moffitt on Instagram and Twitter at Kim Moffitt is here on TikTok. Imagine that energy on your social media feeds. Wouldn't that be cool? I'm on all of the feeds with you and it's overwhelming. Yeah. Imagine being it's in my lot. brain. It's no, rough. No. Imagine being the cat. Rude. She has to hear all this awesome. stuff. I just say this stuff out loud and she's like, oh, meow. <laughs> yeah that's all for today sexual assault awareness month if you uh need someone to talk to find that local 
organization, um, you can always call DASIS 800-828-2023. Our folks are there to to listen and to help and to help find you resources if, if they can, if you're not local. But uh, yeah, we appreciate you listening. And if you are listening and enjoying it, can we ask you something? Kim, can I ask him a favor? I'm very busy these days, but what's up? Well, not you. Oh, I thought you said, can I ask you a favor? Oh, sorry. No, I'm going to ask our listeners a favor. You think that's okay to do at the end of this episode? Sure. I'm going to cut this out anyway. If you're listening to this and enjoy it, leave us a review if you would over on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate that very much. Uh, and then share it. That's the biggest thing. Tag us in, in Twitter. Um, share it in an Instagram story if you want to. Whatever you do. But we appreciate that. Help us spread the awareness a little bit of these conversations. So there you go. My America is a production of the Storytellers Network. This show is written and produced by Kim Moffat and Dan Moyle. Kim takes care of editing and graphics while Dan helps with episode production on the web. Both Dan and Kim run social media. For more information on the show, including past episodes, visit thestorytellersnetwork.com slash myamerica. Great job, Dan.